Good to see you all this morning. Y'all know the story of the three little pigs? All right, we're gonna do the three little pigs today. See, I brought my treasury of 21 best love stories. Anyway, but I'm not gonna read it. We know the story, right? But what I am gonna do is, as we go through the story, you know what happens? The wolf tries to get into the house, right? Or the houses, I should say, of the pigs. And when the wolf comes up, the wolf says, little pig, little pig, let me come in, right? And what do the pigs say? Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin, right? Isn't that what they do? So, this is this is this is what y'all have to do. Okay, this is a this is a this is a cooperative effort this morning. Okay. So when I say little pig, little pig, let me come in, you say, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. So, as we all know, the story goes, right? The little pigs, the three little pigs went off to make their fortune in the world. You know, their mother sent them out so that they would be, they would become successful pigs and not end up as Canadian bacon, right? Uh, by somebody's pancakes or waffles. So uh, the first little pig, what did he do? He built his house out of straw, right? And the second little pig built his house out of sticks. And the third little pig was more enterprising, I guess. He built his house out of bricks. So the wolf comes, right? knocks on the door and says, little pig, little pig, let me come in. All right, some cooperation. Then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in, right? So he huffs and he puffs and sure enough, blows the straw house away. And the little pig from the straw house runs over to his brother's house, to the house of sticks, right? Wolf shows up, right? And in some stories, right, at this point, what does the wolf do? Y'all remember? He does blow the other, other house down, Sam, you're right. But before he does it, he puts on a sheepskin, right? And that doesn't mean he got it, he graduated from college. He put on a sheepskin to try and fool the pig, to look like something he wasn't. And wolves often do that. Remember that, the wolves in real life, they often dress up as something they're not. So anyway, the wolf knocks on the door and says, little pigs, little pigs, let me come in. Okay, good. So he huffs and he puffs and he blows in the house of sticks as well. And then both of the pigs from the house of sticks do what? They go over to their brother's house, the brick house and they go inside, and again, here comes the wolf. Little pig, little pigs, let me come in. All right, okay. There's a pattern here, isn't there? Often there are patterns in life we need to learn. But, uh, so, what do, the, what do the little pigs do? They figure, the wolf can't blow the house in, they think they're safe, and sure enough, the wolf huffs and puffs and huffs and puffs and blows and blows, and he can't blow the house in. So the wolf decides to do what? He climbs up on the roof and goes down through the chimney, just like Santa Claus. But the pigs, the pigs have what? They built a fire and put a, a, a big pot there with boiling water so they can make wolf consomme. But anyway, so the wolf comes down the chimney, hits the water, and takes off. Now, what does this have to do with anything in the Bible? Well, 
a lot of things actually. Today our Bible lesson comes out of John chapter 10. Jesus talks about being the good shepherd and he talks about how sometimes if you don't have a good shepherd you have a hireling or a hired hand as they call it and if the wolf comes this person might run away but the good shepherd won't run away. If the wolf comes the good shepherd will protect you from the wolf. So what we need to learn from John chapter 10 is, is that we need to follow the Good Shepherd and remember that the Good Shepherd will protect us from any type of wolf or wolves that may come up in our lives. Any of y'all remember when we didn't have caller ID? You'd actually pick up the phone and somebody would say hello. And if it was a friend or a family member or something, they didn't have to tell you who it was, right? You recognize their voice. Nowadays, when our phones ring, we can just look at it and say, oh, I don't want to talk to them. Right? You don't have to hear their voice first and say, oh, no, why did this person call me? Right? But uh, yeah, Not that anybody ever does anything like that, I'm sure. But uh, 23rd Psalm, that was our Old Testament reading this morning. And it starts out saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Now it's talking about a relationship, a relationship that we have with the Lord. And the Bible tells us that we hear his voice and obey it if we follow him. And he knows, he knows us. He knows all of us by name. This morning we're going to look at a few of the verses out of John chapter 10 that in most Bibles is subtitled Jesus the Good Shepherd. But we're not going to we're not going to talk about the whole chapter. We're just going to talk about a few verses in it. If you had a red letter Bible and I don't, these verses would be in red because these are the words of Jesus. Consider the word of the Lord. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down again, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who shows us the way and leads us, to rest, refreshment, and life. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. I want to start out first by talking a little bit about shepherding in general. Do you all know a lot about shepherding? How about sheep? My last appointment, my last appointment out in West Texas was in Slyker County. Slyker County is just north of Sutton County. Sutton County has more sheep than any county in the United States. Did y'all know that? There's a bunch of, and Slyker County's not far behind it. There's a bunch of sheep out there. Out there in my congregation, nearly everybody had sheep. Okay, for one reason or another. Most of those, most of, they raised some of them for their, for their uh, wool and a lot of goats too, but they, they actually, they raised most of them out there for eating. Uh, that's what they did. Most of them were meat goats or sheep, uh, even though there were still a lot of them that they, they, uh, they sheared for their wool. But in the Bible, there's a, there's a very, very long tradition of shepherding and many things that go along with shepherding. And many of the leaders in the Bible were shepherds at one time or another. Moses, Abraham, Jacob, Jacob, who who is was named Israel for the you know for the twelve tribes of Israel came from, he was a shepherd, and and of course there was David, the shepherd, and we're gonna we're gonna read a little bit about David here in a minute, but before I do that, I, I want us to look at the importance of shepherding, as far as what it actually means and meant to the community as far as an, a, very, a very important job. And I also, it's my goal always to try and tie as much of Scripture together as I can and show you why folks do the things they do and try and make sense out of everything. So the first place I want us to look this morning is in Exodus chapter 22, of all places. I'm sure this is one of those scriptures that just rolls off your tongue and, and that, you, that you learned in Sunday school as a child. Exodus chapter 22, and I'm just going to read oh, three verses or so, 10 through 13, I guess that's four. When someone delivers to another a donkey, ox, sheep, or any other animal for safekeeping, and it dies, or is injured, or is carried off without anyone seeing it, an oath before the Lord shall decide between the two of them, that the, one, that the one has not laid hands on the property of the other. The owner shall accept the oath, and no retribution shall be made. But if it was stolen, Restitution shall be made to, the, to its owner. If it was mangled by beast, let it be brought as evidence. Restitution shall not be made for the mangled remains. So, see if, so if, you were, if you were keeping somebody's sheep and the wolf, the big bad wolf, did come along and get one of the sheep, right? And, and you know about that too, right? The sheep that get, that get gotten easy for me to say, are the ones that don't stick in the middle of the flock, right? They're the ones on the outskirts. The ones that stay in the middle of the flock are pretty safe. Now, we're all familiar 
with David and Goliath. 1 Samuel chapter 17. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one's heart fail because of him. The him is Goliath, the giant. Remember, Goliath's been standing out there taunting them every day for weeks on end, and they haven't done anything. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down, and kill it. You see, David was doing exactly what he had been trained to do, which he learned to do, which is what we read about in Exodus chapter 22 a few minutes ago. The heroes of the Bible don't just generally don't just do things because they thought it was a good idea. They do things because that's the way they've been trained, and that's the way they are. And David knew, and David tells us in the Psalms, right, to meditate upon the law of the Lord day and night. And he did, and he, and he lived it out in his life. That's why the Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. Even though he had his foibles, as we all do, he still tried to please God. Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. See, David understood. And remember, and it, and it tells us here, David is just a boy. We don't know exactly how old he was. He might have been 10. He might have been 12. He wasn't over 13, or he would have been referred to as a man. So he's just a kid. But he knew who took care of him. He served the Lord, and he knew that Goliath didn't. So he knew... This is no big deal. This is no challenge. And what does David do? He takes one of the three accoutrements that most that shepherds had. You know, when we read the 23rd Psalm, it talks about their, uh, their rod, which usually had like a, uh, it was, it's, it's like, a, I can't think of the right terminology, but a limb that had like fat place on it. And a lot of times they would maybe put a nails or something in that. That was to, to, to uh, stave off beasts and things like that. And then a staff, and that's what we usually think about with the crook on it, you know, and you know, pulling somebody off stage sort of deal. And, they had a, and then they had a sling. They had a sling. Now, David was well-skilled with his sling, which also, again, you know, Goliath didn't have a chance. Light artillery wins out over heavy armor every time. It, uh, it, it's, it's just a, a fact of warfare. 
But anyway, David went up there and placed the stone right where it needed to be placed. Now, again, this is not such an unusual thing as it may sound. I want to show you all something that you may not have been aware of, aware of in the book of Judges. If you turn with me to Judges of chapter 20, verse 16. I'm just going to read one verse to show you this. And you all can go back sometime. It's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting chapter. You know, the book of Judges is a very interesting book. The book of Judges tells us, if you, if you, if you want to sum it up in one, in one sentence, the book of Judges tells us that you can do mighty things, but still not necessarily follow God. Think about Samson, right? And, 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 and actually in this story here that we're not going to read. But it says here in verse 16 of chapter 20 of Judges, of all this force, there were 700 picked men who were left-handed. Every one of them could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. It's not talking about Bugs Bunny. It's talking about like a hair of your head. So, whatever they did, however they did it, they were, they were skilled at using their slings. The other thing that a shepherd, and I'm sure David did it many times, would use their sling for was to sling a rock right in front of, on the ground, a sheep that was going astray. Sort of like a shot over the bow, right? If there was a sheep going astray, instead of wasting your time running down there and trying to get it, they'd take their sling and plop the rock right in front of where the sheep was going, and the sheep would turn around and come back. Back to Jesus in John chapter 10. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. There are two words that are commonly used in Greek for good. One of them is just like if you said, oh, I had a good apple to eat at lunch today. It just means it's, it's good. It tastes good. It's pleasant. The other word, which is the word that's used here, kalos, means good, but it means good in an exemplary way. Excellent. A better, a better word maybe would be model. Instead of saying the good shepherd, it, we, it would be better to look at it here and say that Jesus is the model shepherd. He is the absolute example, the one you want. The, if you wanted to know how to be a shepherd, you would watch him and emulate his actions. And what does Jesus say? What does the good shepherd do? In this short passage that I read a few minutes ago, Jesus says three times, three times, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He lays down his life for the sheep, you see. And you see, that's what, da that's what David was doing, right? The scriptures tell us that Jesus came along to be the Messiah in much the same way that David had been the king of Israel. When David went, I mean, you think about it. You're chasing a lion 
or a bear, and you've got a couple of sticks and some stones, right? And you go out there. He was absolutely risking his life for the sheep or laying his life down for the sheep. Not so the hireling, Jesus says here in this passage of John. He says that's a, that's a person who's just working for a wage. He says if the wolf comes along, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? I think a wolf's probably on a lower scale than a lion or a bear if it, if it came out to threats. I mean, if you got a choice, do you want to go in this room with a lion or do you want to go in there with a wolf? I'm thinking I'll take the wolf. But uh, uh, although I'd rather take neither, and I'd rather have a pistol instead of a rock, but, but that's just me. But... Uh, Anyway, he says if the, the hireling is there and the wolf comes, he runs off. But the good shepherd doesn't. The good shepherd lays down his life. What else does a good shepherd do? A good shepherd feeds the sheep, right? A good shepherd cares for the sheep if they have any ailments or anything. He takes care of that. A good shepherd gathers the sheep. A good shepherd gathers the sheep if they're lost. And as Jesus reminds us in Luke chapter 15, you know, if you've got 100 sheep and one of them, one of them wanders off, then the shepherd goes and brings back that one so it can be with the other 99 and be there. Which leads us into the next thing Jesus says about being a good shepherd. He says, you know what? And his audience at this time, if you read there through John chapter 9 and into John chapter 10, his audience at that time is all Jewish. There, I mean, there, there may have been somebody else there, but it's highly unlikely. So he's speaking to an, a, a, an audience of all Jews, just like he is. And he says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. And I must... He didn't say, I might, it'd be a good idea, maybe sometime I'll get around to it. He said, I must bring them in also. And what else did he say about these other sheep? He said the other sheep would also recognize his voice when he called on their cell phone, right? They wouldn't have to look at the caller ID to see that it was Jesus. They would recognize his voice, the other sheep. I want to ask you all this morning, as you're sitting there and thinking about it, who are the other sheep in our world, in our lives? Who are they that need, that, uh, that need to come in? But he says there's only going to be one fold, one flock, and one shepherd. It's pretty significant if you think about it. It also makes pretty petty our ideas about distinctions between each other, maybe our pride of pedigree, some type of educational attainment we might have gotten, or just belonging to a group. There's only going to be one flock and one shepherd. 
Now, how did Jesus, how did David, how did the other, as it, as it lists there in uh, Hebrews, in the roll call of faith, so to speak, how did these people come to those positions? Jesus says right there, he was charged by his father to do that. And here's the deal. Here's the, here's the, uh, the secret, if you will. Jesus placed absolute dependence upon God. He was absolutely certain of God's intelligence and God's love. And that's what we need to do with the Good Shepherd, with Jesus. Did you ever... I asked I ask him this in the 830 service. Did you ever imagine Jesus in high school? Okay. Probably not because they didn't have high school back then. But, if you, but you know, play along with me. You know, use, use your imaginations. God gave us great imaginations. God made each of us to be creators in God's image. Use your imagination. See Jesus sitting over here at O'Connor High School. Okay. If you can. You know, you got a 15-year-old Jesus over here at O'Connor High School. Now, what do you think? Is he going to be on the honor roll? I think so. I think when graduation time comes, he's going to be the valedictorian. Okay? My point is, nobody, nobody has ever lived who is any more intelligent than Jesus. And the corollary to that is, is nobody has ever lived who loved everybody else any more than Jesus. So much that, as we all know, the good shepherd, the model shepherd, laid down his life for the sheep, for all of us. So it's really quite simple. If you follow the Good Shepherd, then you have absolute dependence on the Good Shepherd. Doesn't matter what we do, we can't do it. It matters what the Good Shepherd does. And the Good Shepherd leads us, right? Sheep aren't like cattle. You know, cattle, you drive them, right? You drive cattle. You don't want to get in front of cattle. It could be a, it's a bad place to stand. When there's a bunch of cattle coming. I know and a lot of y'all know too from, from uh, our experiences here in our lives. Cattle are driven, sheep are led, and if you place your absolute dependence upon the Good Shepherd and be led by the Good Shepherd, where is he going to lead you? To green pastures, to still waters. He's going to lead you in paths of righteousness, He's going to lead you to places where your soul is restored. Wow. What a deal. All we have to do is obey, which is also what he did. He heard his father. He had absolute faith in his father's intelligence and love, and he obeyed him. So this morning, again, I want you to think about who the other sheep are in our world, in our neighborhood. 
and it's really quite easy. Like Jesus said, always proclaiming the kingdom of heaven. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. All we have to do is rise from the death of sin and selfishness. Follow the good shepherd, obey his voice, and bring the others into his flock. Amen? Now go in peace, and as you go, go and seek out the others, wherever they may be found. And as you do that, do it with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.